Going once, going twice, sold. You're listening to The Property Pod, an accessible and easy way to get into or help understand the goings-on of the property market. Join Aaron, John and Pat as they discuss all things real estate, most likely get sidetracked and then try and rein it all back in as they present The Property Pod. Here we go again. We're back for the property pod. Feeling pretty good this morning. Actually, just want to warn you guys before we get going. I'm feeling very sidetracky today. So very sidetracky. I feel. I just feel like at, at the moment I'm ready just to get it all out there. So if things go haywire, you might have to rein me in today. No, worries, mate. I'm in a buzzy mood. I'm on coffee number two for the morning. So those those pre morning jitters are starting to kick in. <laughs> I'm feeling good. All right. Well, well I'll, I'll get us off track to start with and just awesome. straight out the gate because I just found out that Mel from. Agent Cooper, she's got her own little Hobart podcast as well. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. So, she was saying that she'd been looking out to see if there's uh, any Tassie ones. So, our arch enemy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could look at it that way. <laughs> yeah, Small City by Mel Chun. Or yeah, Shun. cool. Yeah. We'll have yep. to have a listen to that. I that wonder if we can do a little cross-promotional um, pod. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh, so, like, get Mel in. Yeah. Mm. Or she could get us in. Yeah. If, if we're in her target demographic. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> she might say We're being very that. presumptuous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are we hipster enough? Probably not. You're wearing a hipster coat. <laughs> I've, I've got a tweed jacket on. <laughs> Pat left last week. He's like, how come I'm the one that got ragged on this week? I don't even have a fur coat. <laughs> Welcome to my world, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. <laughs> all right, so we're, uh, we're rolling ahead. We're feeling a bit sidetracky, but we're, look, we'll have a bit of fun with today's episode and just see what happens. It's actually been really cool having looking at the stats and seeing things rise Yeah. in, uh, in terms of the Mercury article that that we had and and kind of the fame levels of like the paparazzi left my house I think Thursday last week. I feel like we're just going to keep rolling this Mercury wave, so to speak. Like let's just keep bringing that article up every week as long as we can. If you can't find it, it's www.hashtag. <laughs> no, I don't know what the address is, but <laughs> <laughs> the other the other thing that's on this week is uh, the Logies are coming up, and I thought it'd be oh yeah nice yeah. to shout out to go and vote for your brother. Let's vote for Luke and Seals. Yeah. I think you've got to make sure you're in Australia because they send you like a, t- a text message code to confirm that it's a legitimate vote. Uh, my other brother, Scott, um, he's overseas at the moment. He was having that trouble. Oh, so, uh, so how many mobile phone accounts have you set up, John? You've just gone to Coles and bought all those SIM cards up? and I, I, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but if anyone wants a burner phone. Yeah, burner phone, you just come see me. 83 Main Road, Murder, we've got it. <laughs> Amelia's got you sorted. You've even got, you can even pick your phone. <laughs> Well, we really are in a sidetrack <laughs> mood today. <laughs> Welcome to the property pod. It's because we've been so serious the last couple of weeks. We've had so many guests in yeah, and we're talking yeah. serious topics. This is the first time it's been the three of us for a while now. Yeah, exactly. Just a- As much as I love having guests in, it's good just to have the bant level at <laughs> yeah. all time high. <laughs> There's no one. No, no. Yeah. No, well, it's been yeah, some pretty dense conversations in a good way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it's and good. It's, it's all going to happen again next week with Andrew, who we've got as well coming up. Yeah, oh, no, it'll be really cool. Um, I actually, no, I'm going to must save that. I've got a little secret about Andrew. I won't tell you guys about it till next week. So, oh. Oh, that was really good. Guys <laughs> <laughs> are in sync. So, uh, so what are we going to talk about today, guys? Right. What What do we know You're in the property the world? Right, I'm going to kick it off first. We're going to start off just with a little bit of news. Um, obviously, uh, the Mercury's reported fairly heavily over the last week or so about what's been happening with the Hobart housing crisis. Mm. I don't want to touch on it too much because I'm not an expert on the topic, but I thought there's a couple of key takeaways that I did see. And I've heard over the last week or so. Is this when the uh, housing minister was down 
I, I yeah, did a bit was. of highlighting the other day. You did. I've got the article here, as, and I don't know if you can hear that noise. That, uh, it's about 10 pages where Aaron has highlighted probably <laughs> more of the words than are left. But, hey, <laughs> um, no, you're right. The housing minister for the federal government was down in Hobart for a emergency crisis talk on the Hobart housing crop. Prices and the shortage mm. of properties. Can I just put it out there? The only reason I stopped on that page was it had a picture of Dale Kerrigan and the uh, and, <laughs> and the cast of the castle. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe they're making a castle too. <laughs> <laughs> so I stopped and looked, and I was like, oh wait, this is, both, <laughs> this is actually relevant. High <laughs> quality, high quality journalism. <laughs> Hey, they know they're hooking hey, the demographic. Doesn't matter how you come across exactly. it. Exactly, they hooked me in, and I learnt some things. Well, because I think they had there was a, they had the full um, meeting with the REIA board and stuff like that as well. Yeah, so they had a special meeting held last Thursday morning that had a collection. I think there were sixty people that were invited from all different industries. Mm. Um, and the key takeaway was that they have started a new advisory board to work through these issues. Mm. The board actually consists of each mayor from the six municipalities around Hobart. So, obviously, I'm assuming it's Brighton, Kingston, uh, Glenorchy, Hobart, uh, Sorrell and Clarence would be mm. the six that they're talking about. Yep. As well as the uh, Property Council of Australia. So, they've got a member from those guys as well that represent the development slash building slash real estate industry to a degree. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, they've got a sideboard now that they're appointed i guess to work through these issues which is really good to see so hopefully we can this um, is kind of like the meeting that they had in the lord of the rings where they all offered up their like, and my ox potentially <laughs> that's exactly what happened yeah. yeah so i think what their main goal is is to try find ways to fast track some projects through try to get some rezoning done to be able to then do some development work and to get some more properties built yeah mm. because that's the problem Although there's a lot of houses being built at the moment, the demand for moving to Hobart is far greater than the ability to construct the new home. So yep. it's like a, um, a bottleneck. Like they're trying to fix the problem, but the problem keeps reoccurring because of more people coming back. Actually, on a side note, when we talked about this, what might have been episode two or something or one, <clears throat> I can't remember, but um, where I, um, I had a crack at having an opinion, which was probably wrong. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep, yep. So... On follow that, there was another article I saw where they had um, an interview with like um, a master planner. And okay. One of the things that he talked about, which I hadn't thought about, was medium density housing. Yeah, so mm. funny you talk about that as well. I went to Property Council luncheon last Thursday. Oh, yep. And they had a guy from Victoria talking and he spoke heavily about that's what Victoria is working on now is medium density. Mm. So rather than trying to compact more people into the centre of the city, mm. they're now looking at transport corridors and trying to find ways to build median density, which median density in Victoria is high-rises here in Hobart, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's I think median density class is anything from four to eight storeys. Yeah, that is. Um, so they're trying to build more denser accommodation on high traffic flow areas in Victoria, so where there's trams and trains and access to that public transport so that people can still commute to the city quickly and easily. Mm. So an example of that in Hobart could be where we're sitting right now in Glenorchy. Exactly, yeah. You'd have some eight-storey buildings that are full of kind of like those uni buildings. Yeah, that they're building town. They're building town. It's built further out here and then having a way to get to the city quickly with yeah, public so transport, Yeah, so obviously the Northern Southern Rail Link that everyone loves to think might happen one day. Mm. still out if it will ever will happen, but... Potentially that is a way that they could look at it because Hobart has too much road traffic. So yep. you yep. look at two options. You've either got to find a way to get more people living in the city, which is what UTAS is doing to a degree, or you've got to find a way to get people to the city without the need to, to take their car. Well, that um, CBD 
project to Glenorchy <coughs> that's getting done at the moment. When they did the research on um, the amount of people stopping at Glenorchy versus the through traffic, I think it was only about 10% actually stop in Glenorchy. The rest of the 90% of the cars are going from the suburb through. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that was sort of one of the challenges too. It's just there's just so much density of mm. car because it's relied upon that they need to somehow relief. Yeah, so but another thing that the housing minister was down here for as well is he met with Senecare, the guys that I do a bit of work with. Oh, cool. Um, yep. And they have secured some more finance as well to do some more affordable housing on the Chigwell, or not Chigwell, the Claremont site, the old Claremont Oh, where the Abbotsfield school? Primary School yeah, was? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, so yep, yep. the federal government has committed to doing some more funding and he was here to announce that as well. So Senecare will be building some more affordable rentals and affordable housing. Mm. Yeah, because there's heaps of space there. I always drive past when I'm heading through and I'm just, I yeah. see the big sign. I'm just like, I wonder when they'll get started on that. Now, I, I don't want to quote the wrong number, so I'm not going to quote it all, but mm. there was a certain amount of properties that are going in there and they've been able to actually do, I think it was... A, an additional 10 or 20 or something mm. on what the original plan was because they've got more funding now to do so. Well, that um, the development that happened in Denina Street and Chigwell, I can't remember what the opposite side is, but that was sort of on the similar premise in that first home um, yeah, support. Yep. Um, that was a huge success because um, we had a house just around the corner yep. um, and a few of my friends even bought in that subdivision. It was awesome. Yeah, this is mm. a good little subdivision, that one. Yeah, yep. Yeah, well, yeah, I've been out doing a lot of photography out in um, Bridgewater for Senecares, doing some of their drone stuff um, and just going from site to site and they're really coming up quick and fast and, mm. and there's going to be a lot of properties out there so that could be helpful for mm, getting definitely. people housed and, and off the streets. It's just been freezing the last week oh, in particular yeah. <laughs> yep. and I've just been thinking how difficult it must be to be going so, hard, yeah. sleeping in your car, sleeping on the street, trying to find accommodation mm. and just mm. some of those icy mornings I just, just couldn't imagine being in that tricky spot. So well, mm. Hopefully yeah. the meeting from last Thursday morning gets the ball rolling and yeah. gets the conversation started and that's what it's all about and yeah, then for from sure. there people at B can get things happening. And before I lose the thought with that um, rail corridor – before it becomes official, I just want to be on one of those old school trolleys where you're oh, wee, like wee, the, just pumping it up and down. Like the classic um, <laughs> Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. So do you want to be the coyote chasing down the road runner, John? I, or? Don't, I don't care. <laughs> I just want to do it. <laughs> well, I kind of look at you as like a coyote. I think you'd yeah, you I kind of find yourself and he'd just look it back at you. I feel like we need to put John in touch with Steve Wheeler, who used to work for us as. He yeah, loves the trains. He and he's got access trains. to the new Norfolk Train Society. Or Very true. Yeah, so he might be able to hook you up with one of those. That would be amazing. Things, John. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably do it for 30 seconds and think this is a terrible idea. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's covered us on our Mercury <laughs> News section. <laughs> well, no, I, can I just bring up, there was another news article I saw, um, kind of, it's about Glenorchy. I don't know if it's got to do with real estate that much, but it mm. might have something to do with the suburb and the area and building it, but the Dillon Entertainment Centre oh, and the guy mm. from the NBL. See, I was going to bring yeah, this yeah. up, but I didn't know if, you wanted to talk about it or not, but now you have. Let's do no, it. I just thought, like, I, we mentioned that medium density housing yeah. and stuff, I guess, because what I saw, the thing that grabbed me from the article wasn't the Doan Entertainment Centre. It had the picture of Southbank from up in Brisbane where that yeah. beach is and stuff, and yep. they kind of sold it as building a Southbank in Glenorchy mm. down yeah. by that area. And I was like, oh, that's a really interesting idea. And then how would that affect the overall area the of Glenorchy? Yeah, I um, obviously looked at that article as well. Uh, so my key takeaways from it is the Glenorchy Council has given him 120 days exclusivity mm. to negotiate on that development site. Yep. Uh, there are two key things that he needs to make it happen. 
is now negotiating with the Tasmanian government in regards to helping fund to refurbish the Derwent Entertainment Centre. Yeah. So yep. I think he needs about, I think it was roughly about $10 million to refurbish it to make it a 5,000-seat stadium rather than whatever it is now. Yeah. Um, plus build, I think it was five additional basketball courts around to support training facilities and additional team support. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that... You then also need it uh, support for the actual Tasmanian NBL team. So mm. he wants to expand and get a team in by 2021, but he needs commitment from the Tasmanian government to be able to make it happen. Yeah. Um, apart from that, he then said that he would fully fund the Wilkins Point development himself. So it was going to be a hotel, restaurants, additional f- sporting facilities and community spaces, uh, looking to utilise similar sort of ferry system like what Mona do with theirs, whether it be... Would be great if it was an additional stop to what's yeah, already just in all play. Interconnecting, yeah. Yep. But whether or not that's in Mona's vision, probably not. But another option to ferry to Wilkins Point from town as well, using mm. that central ferry terminal with obviously Brook Street Pier. So I think, like you said, as it could be a really good addition to the area and another reason to bring people out of the city and to stay. the suburbs yeah. and stay out of the the city. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. Con- considering what you just said, um, quoting the article here, he's actually stated. Considering you have Mona across the ditch, you have a beautiful area that walks around to that. I think that you need the two to get linked and I think we can definitely turn it into a destination and a precinct. So um, the idea of having a precinct like that that's similar to South Bank or even when you go over to Melbourne and you walk along the Yarra down there and... Well, that's it. You walk from obviously the older part of along the Yarra there all the way down to the new sort of South Bank area. It's all connected now. There's not a lot down there but... It's just a nice walk along that whole waterfront and it utilises that space that was once not used at all. Well, yeah. And I think for any locals could appreciate this. Um, anything, if, if you weren't born north of the Flannelette Curtain, most people try and find reasons not to come to Glenorchy. So, um, it, again, that, that will just you know make the whole Hobart municipality, well, Hobart city will to encompass Glenorchy so that those that, you know, spend all their time in the city and refuse to come a little bit north will have greater reasons to and stay for longer as well. I guess change your stat that of the 10% that you were talking about just previously with the, everyone just shooting through Glenorchy gives you a reason to come to Glenorchy and you're in that area. Mm. Maybe people from the outer suburbs don't have to travel all the way to the city. Well, that's it. The more mm. work you can make here in this area, the less pressure there is on the city itself. So yep. um, that's a great idea. Obviously over on the Eastern Shore in the Bellarive area, they're working on that new sort of foreshore area as well. So mm-hmm. they're trying to obviously make secondary hubs around Hobart to help support Hobart and I think that could be a real advantage moving forward. Yeah, it's just that, um, that, that what I hate that word, holistic, it makes me, you know, makes me sound really fancy. But it does make sense in that don't don't think of the, um, the, that the council shouldn't work against each other. It's just like every single en- enhancement that we develop along the entire, you know, that Durant River Strip yep. is going to benefit everyone at the same mm. Mm. Can you? I know this is an airy fairy idea, but what would happen to property prices? Say there was a massive development down by the um, is it Wilkinson Point? Yeah, Wilkinson yeah. Point. So if there was a, a major development down there, it kind of brought more people to um, the suburb. Would that cause a big spike in property prices, or is that? Oh God, I think I, I can only answer that as. Um, thinking on fundamentals long term is that if if you've got ac- if you've got access to services um, and prestige, possibly, yep. you know, um, it just really depends. And like a lot of the time, you'll see in advertisements saying, "Oh, look, in Berrydale and Claremont, close to Mona, for example, 
Um, well, it is a, a means that they'll use it as a means of advertising, but has it had a, like a, a specific effect on the property prices? Probably not. Yep. It's been more so, you know, a, a rising tide lifts all chip, lifts all ships, ships. Um, yeah, why'd you say that first time, John? <laughs> 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 Just watching your lips. I think Actually, you might have said something else. The, the other saying I really like We're is getting explicit on this the, one. The, the, the other, the other saying I really like is when the tide goes out, you soon find out who's been swimming with their pants off. <laughs> so many good sayings. <laughs> You should have a coffee book of just Johnisms. <laughs> um, it's, it's a yeah open question on that one. I suppose um, it would probably have to be, but it would more so um, benefit the suburb as a whole. Yeah, yeah. That said, though, I mean, how many um, houses are directly next to that? You've got just directly across the road from the highway. Um, yeah, so there's all that. There's no all that little Montrosey suburby bit that is opposite the highway. Mm. That are kind of classic homes. There's not really any modern homes in the area, um, so I'm not really sure. I just kind of wondered if, if you boost the the local surrounds yeah. and create an in demand area, does that create an in demand marketplace for that space? Yeah, I think I think for it has to be like hyper hyper specific and local. So we'd re- really have to dig down to the streets, I suppose. Um, but it'd be yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, bottom line is it'd be a good advantage overall. I think. Yep. And well, I can see why the council has given him the exclusivity to explore this because I b- think they honestly believe that he can do best by the site and in, enhance the area. Yeah, yep, actually. And, and, and on that, on that, I'd imagine then if they council re-looked at a lot of the zoning areas, so to go from um, residential one to inner residential, well then if you had a secured property and you had the capacity to redevelop that site as a result of a zoning change, well then absolutely that have a, a net positive on... Uh, property prices. As a family-run business, First National Real Estate McGregor understands that the property market can be stressful. However, with a strong team in both sales and rentals, we are here to guide you through the property maze. Find out more today at McGregorFM.com. All right, guys, let's deep dive into this week's topic, which is all about building your own home. A uh, very exciting topic, which I think Pat is going to be the uh, resident expert on this week. Yeah, sure am. So I've done it myself uh, different ways. I've built from scratch and I've also renovated. And I know both you boys are working through renovations at the moment yourself. Truly but are. today we're more interested, I guess, um, a lot of incentives out there for first-home buyers to take advantage of. Mm. But there are different ways you can go about taking those advantages. So I thought it would be a good opportunity to just run through the different options. Yeah, yeah. There's three different methods. So there's what we call a spec home build, which is where a builder goes and buys a block of land, he builds a brand new house, and then an agent like John and myself sell it as a finished product. Sure. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people may not realise they can actually get the $20,000 grant for a first-home buyer on something like that because mm. the key qualification for it is that it has not been lived in. Right. Yep. So it's a brand new house providing it's never been lived in. Mm-hmm. So that's one way to, to look at it. Advantages, you don't pay any money until it's finished. Sure. Um, so that's one massive advantage. Secondary advantage is that it's very stress-free because you may have committed to buy it, but you don't really have to worry about it. They just go do it all and then at the end of it, it's finished. Mm. Disadvantages, with a spec home build, you don't really get any control. You've got to imagine it like you're buying a second-hand house off, off the street. So anything like we might buy in an established suburb, that's effectively what you're buying is a home that's completed. You, just because it's brand new and it might be still being built when you buy it, you don't get any say in what 
the finished product looks like. Yep, yep. And most of the time the builders don't even sell them until they're 100% finished. Yeah, okay. So it's not like you're getting to choose your fittings and all that kind of stuff. No, not at all. Buying the, buying the house. Yeah, complete. so yeah, you basically you got to look at it like you're buying it as a finished, complete product. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's option one. Option two is what we call a contract build. So you go out and you look around these subdivisions around at Brighton, Sorrell, you know, Kingston, wherever they might be. You find the block of land where you want to live, you go buy that. And then you go see someone like Wilson Holmes or you might go into Kunick or Ronald Young and you sit down with their drafts person and you show them a block of land that you've bought and then they design a home for you. For uh, based on that yep. specific block. Yeah, so and then you'd sign what they call a building contract with them and then they go away and build it for you. Now, you will get choice on this, so you will be able to choose fittings, carpets, colours, all of those type of things. But it's normally from a selected range. So the builder might have a little showroom of all different taps and products and stuff. Yep. And basically, you'll get to choose the items, but normally it's from that selected range so that the builder can streamline the process and get the property built. Yep. Normally as well, you might have to pay progress payments throughout the process. So the builder might have one to five progress payments. Uh, different different stages. stages of the build, it'll kind of be like, okay, now we need to pay this much yeah, to continue to build and get yeah, it to the so point on. that it needs to go. That's correct. So yeah. some builders are different, like Wilson's do turnkey, which basically same, you don't pay any money until the end. They take mm. on all that financial responsibility. Yep. But other smaller home builders might need stage funding as they go. Now, yep. would a house and land package fall under that sort of category? Yeah, that's correct. Yep. So um, some of these subdivisions, you'll see house and land and that's effectively that. Yep. So with a house and land package, you probably will sign the contract for the land and then at the same time sign a contract for the build of the house. So, yep. And normally the builder would have already had um, some semi-approvals on that land to, but yep, you can build this. Yeah, that's correct. So yep. they might have a plan <clears throat> that they've already sketched up for that particular block and you might say, yep, that house looks good. So you do get some choice, but not a lot of choice. So it's just being aware of what options you've got yeah yeah and then the third option which um, is the one that I ended up doing is owner builder mm. so owner builder you take 110% control of everything so you become like a little mini site manager for the site yep so you go find your block of land but then you have to go to a draft person and um, get all your plans drawn up you go to council and get it all done yourself now you don't have to actually physically build the house yourself we call it owner builder doesn't mean you're out there with the tools hammering away but it does mean that you need to probably have some contacts who you can call on to do the different tasks you might contract out the construction part to one person so like to a carpenter but then you've got to go source the tiler source the products source everything and are you coordinating the time frames and all that as well uh can be 50 50 sometimes depending on who you use a carpenter might help with that aspect of it yep uh, for me i was in control of absolutely everything i was probably able to do it relatively easy because i've got a couple of advantages i've got family that do building mm. uh, but i also have a flexible job that means that when a carpenter rang up and said how are we doing this what are we doing here i was able to go out and see him yeah you could so legitimately drop tools so to speak yeah um, and then go jump in the car go for a drive and have a quick chat to him figure it out and keep the project moving Owner builder can be stressful because you've got to have more time to give to the project. So it doesn't work for a lot of people. Mm. And you've got to have a little bit of an understanding with how the building industry works and how that aspect. So with the key happens. advantage to that would be it, your build costs are less because you're doing all that coordination yourself. That's right? correct. So obviously yeah. when you build through Wilson Homes or Ronald Young or someone like that, builder and, yeah, yeah, you're paying a premium because those companies have to make a profit as well out of the project they're not going to build it for you and not make anything themselves yeah so you can save a little bit of coin by being an owner builder and coordinating it all yourself there are some tasks as well that you can do yourself as an owner builder so you can bring that renovation knowledge like what you guys have been working on so yeah. a couple of key things that i did was waterproofing on my place i was oh, able yep, to paint yep. that out i think you just did that john yeah. yep three coats <laughs> i guess looking at it from the other way like that sounds really good and flexible but mm. 
I guess you could run into problems as well doing it yourself if Definitely. you're unaware of what you are doing and you're kind of pie in the sky oh. like oh, I want this and this and this and this. So the biggest problem you probably run into as an owner builder is cost. Mm. Um, you might set out with a budget but you're really only guessing I guess what it's going to cost. So like when I did mine we blew budget by miles because yeah. we had that aspect of uh, this option's $1,000 less or this option's $1,000 more. Uh, what's an extra 1000 bucks? That's what we want so we'll do that. Mm. But when you do ten or $20,000 more options, <laughs> all of a sudden you've spent a lot more money on the finished product than what you probably initially set out to do. So that's where you can run into a few problems. Mm. You can also run into a few problems from a finance perspective as well because a bank will normally only lend you a certain amount of money and then you spend all of that and then you have to get the bank to send out the valuer to see what you've spent it on and then agree that there's more value there so they can give you additional funds. So, so I think like a staged valuation yeah that's correct and it can cause issues if the bank doesn't give you enough on the next yeah. stage <laughs> yeah yeah because uh, that might slow down the process while you figure out solutions to to keep moving forward did you do that to move into uh so i built two units with the intention of moving into one and selling the other one off yeah oh, the um, old rent fest ah. <laughs> and i sold <laughs> and i did it as only did it as an owner builder because i had the family contacts that were in the industry and knew what to do and my dad used to be a builder many years ago so mm. he, i was able to call on his skill set to help navigate me through it yeah do you, do you reckon um if someone was thinking about going and flying in blind that would just be a mistake it'd be a mistake i yeah. think the <coughs> second option we spoke about where you hire someone like wilson homes to do the job for you is where 95 percent of people probably are yeah, um, when yeah. it comes to buying and building a new home mm. and look there is a fair bit of flexibility with that as you just did a video for yeah i did a testimonial video for kit home and oh yeah she's um, the lady with that she indicated she got quite a lot of flexibility in the build oh she indicated that they were willing to change so much and she chose the fittings and modernized everything inside and so i think it's funny hearing you talk about this and having the ideas in front of me. I'm just getting mm. the um, the three little bears um, parable in my head, kind okay. of the you know this one's too hot, this one's too cold, this one's just right. I think there's kind of a this one's just right for everybody, rather yep. than it being like for Pat, this one's just right was owner builder. Whereas if I was thinking about doing it, I'd be like as handy as I want to be. Mm. I wouldn't have the negotiating skills. I wouldn't have all the things that are required to do this. So I'd probably go for a contract build. Yep. Whereas I know my brother would probably be like, spec home me up. I just want to have this place built. I'm ready to go. Mm. So and look, for a lot of first-time buyers, that spec home build is what they do. They yep. love the idea of a brand new home. They just want to take advantage of the grants that are out there. Yep. They don't want to think about it. They want us to call them in six months' time when it's 100% finished. Yeah. So yeah. Yep. a lot of first-time buyers, a lot of millennials, that's their option. Right. We just want the $20,000 from the government. Well, actually, the other thought too is that obviously there's always builder warranties. <clears throat> I'm assuming if you do your own builder, there's no warranty for you on your own home. There's not a lot of warranties full stop mm. across any of the options anymore. Okay. So there used to be a lot more warranty aspect with it but yeah a lot of that's been cut out in recent years so there are some limited warranties mm. but they're nowhere near as stringent as what they were you know five ten years ago but i guess the standards um, and legislation sort of would keep pace with having to put all those protection in place i don't know look at those towers in sydney and melbourne at the moment that are falling down john <laughs> <Yeah. Fair laughs> so. well i guess but then i mean that that comes down to your research and making sure you've got someone of quality yeah yeah and yep. that's it like the internet's a wonderful place well i know even with my renos at the moment i mean the crew that i've got 
what we've done is sort of done a, a do and charge scenario. So we've got a bit of a framework on, okay, we're, we're expecting to spend around this, but luckily enough for the builders and the, the tradies is that there's not adhering to a specific quote that has to be limited to because our house is like 1950 sort of build. So there's mixes of lath and plaster. There's mini renos that another guy did. So it's just been an absolute unforeseen, you know, you just yeah, don't run know. In, run into things that, yeah, they, yeah. that they didn't expect. But the good thing is though, is we've got someone where I can, you know, we have a quick discussion in the morning, leave the key or they'll just, you know, come and go as they need to and everything will get done to standard and i mean it's just a, the, there's been a couple of hiccups along the way they've come back and sorted it yeah and just i suppose um when, when you were doing an owner builder too that all the trades people that you had initially they were you had existing relationships is that right you weren't sourcing the yellow pages uh with a lot of them yeah or the trades that i did know they knew someone so <coughs> like I might be talking to our carpenter and I needed a plaster and he said, look, Jimmy and Mick, they're always working on a lot of the builds that I do, give them a call. So you sort of build that network as you go. I think the key with an owner builder is to get a good carpenter and then the rest sort of flows yeah, relatively right. easy. Okay. In an unsolicited ad here, I'm actually working on a website for a guy at the moment who's trying right. to um, put together a business that's similar to that. So kind of a trade connections uh, across the board. So mm. having those resources that he has and then passing them along the line to all the people that yeah. don't know about them and need them. So kind of helping people like myself who said I'd prefer the contract build yep. to do the renos that I'm doing or do the building and, and helping all those people. So hopefully the website comes up. I'm calling on Pat to give me a bit of help with that because he's, <laughs> he's the WordPress master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so look, like Aaron said, there's I think there's an option for everyone at the end of the day. It's just a matter of figuring out what the best option for you and your circumstances are. Mm. This is just a thought, Pat. When, you're, when you've done those um, house and land packages, do you find um, there's a lot of um, uh, like competition in with demand you know you'll have multiple offers for the one block of land to do a house and land or you find it's just a one in your experience just a one person negotiation uh with the spec home builds there definitely seems to be a little bit of competition um yep. and nearly every spec home build that i've sold in the last five years has been to younger demographics because mm. there are such good incentives out there for first home buyers yep and when we sell like obviously a spec home for a builder. So we work with quite a lot of builders. We tend to build what we call a color palette for them. So I might work directly with the builder for a week before I list the property and we'll talk about what color of the bricks gonna be, what color of the tile's gonna be, what product are we using for the kitchen bench? Mm. And we go through all of it. And then I'll go around Hobart and I'll source all the samples. So I'll go into Brickworks and they'll get a sliver of a brick of what we've chosen so that I've yep. got a physical sh thing to show. I'll go get a color bond tile, go get a tile itself of what we're gonna use kitchen bits and pieces and we build up like a bit of a mood board I guess that we have here in the office and then nine times out of ten the purchase will go look at the land themselves and then we'll arrange a time to get them into the office we'll lay it all out on the bench uh, so that they can see and then we just talk about all the different products we're going to use the carpet this is the carpet this is the quality of it yeah cool and nine times out of ten when they can start to visualize what we're talking about makes it a pretty easy process for them to feel comfortable about buying the property uh, the other thing we do is because we work with a lot of the same builders over and over for multiple projects we start to build a bit of catalog of past work with photos yeah so yep. we can start to show them look this isn't your house but this is what you can expect the quality to be like. When it's finished, yeah. Um, if we're really lucky, sometimes we do pretty well in getting a bit of a rapport with some of these past buyers mm -hmm. and we can then call on them to potentially quickly show a buyer through their home and that works really well because if those people have been through the process that the new ones are going through, um, they're more than willing to quickly show through. It's a good opportunity for them to talk about how they found the experience, did it live up to what they wanted, is, are they happy? Mm. And so it works really well. So... We've developed three or four different things that we use to sell spec homes straight off the plan. 
um, and it makes the purchasers feel comfortable with doing it. But yeah, it is managing expectations is probably the hardest part because we tell them six months, but sometimes delays happen, weather happens, it does blow out. Um, and so it's just a matter of working with your purchaser through the process and making sure that they stay comfortable and happy through it all. Yeah, and I like that because um, if you look at a vacant block of land and then you're like, what do I build? You've got infinite amount of options. But that element where you've got a semi-spec, you've got a framework that people can look at and go, oh, I like that, I don't like that. And then you're not, you're not giving them a thousand different options of carpet. You're going, well, here's five. You know, and this is to, to, to work within. So then I like to work with two, with three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Five yeah. too many, John. <laughs> so we work with consult colour people and get a colour palette of what's modern, I guess. Yeah, um, what's current. And yep. so what's current. And then we say, look, grey carpet, light carpet. So we'll give them really yes or no answers. It's this one or this one. Well, the other thing is too is you could go, if I choose the grey carpet, this is what all your fittings and things will start should match if you want to follow this mm. um, palette. Yeah. If you choose this one, this is the direction you could go. Yeah. But if you wanted a bright pink and um, gold trim, <laughs> good luck to you. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like a Rosehaven storyline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's uh, definitely something that's an interesting process to go through. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, always happy to talk to people about it if they have any questions on it. I think to sum it all up, it's kind of like the three little bears in the sense that there Mm. is a right way for everyone and it's not just a issue of this is the exact right way. Yeah, and I think to follow on from that as well is don't be scared by the idea of buying a house that's not built. Like I think people Mm. stress too much about it. There's plenty of resources out there and plenty of people in Hobart that can help you through the process. It doesn't have to be as scary as what a lot of people think it is. Yep. Mm. And it can be quite rewarding by the end of it once you've created a home that is yours. Well, here's another saying for you guys. So every friend that you have right now started off as a stranger. Every single house that was built started off as a vacant block of land. So it's um, it, it's worked for many people for, you know, for all this time. If you speak to the right people, you'll be okay. What a oh. profound way to finish the episode. Oh, I love it. I'm, I'm working but on this coffee table book. I think there's something maybe, in there's, it. Maybe this is uh, John, you know, Max saying of the week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to wrap this up? Yeah, then? I reckon yeah, that's cool. good. Thanks for today, guys. Sorry I got sidetracked so much. Oh, that was great. Just had them feels. <laughs> no, Excellent. No, no. Cheers, boys. All right, boys. Offer a bowl of porridge now. <laughs> <laughs> 414 Real Estate has been operating within the northern suburbs of Hobart since 2006. With their innovative approach to marketing and managing your property, they have all your property needs covered. Find out more by visiting them today at 414.com.au.